This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. My name is Grace Johnson, assistant editor here at the Peninsula Pulse. And today I am joined by guest Liam Callanan, who is an author. Welcome, Liam. Thanks. It's great to be here. So Liam and I are chatting because he is going to be doing a program at the Crest Pavilion on June 8th. It's hosted by the Friends of the Door County Library and Right on Door County. In addition to being an author, uh, Liam is also a professor in the English department at UW-Milwaukee. And he just released his most recent book this year called When in Rome. So to start off, can you give us just a little bit of your background, how you got into writing? Sure, I'd be happy to. Definitely, I think something that kind of unifies all my different experiences is that I love travel, which I'll get back to probably a little later in the discussion. But that's just to contextualize for listeners who hear the background ambiance here. I'm actually traveling to Door County from New York City. I live in Milwaukee, but I've been traveling all over the country with this book. So if people hear sirens, chirping birds, and a guitar, that's because that's the unique soundtrack of New York Central Park. But I started writing actually in a very different place, Washington, D.C., where just out of college, I was a speechwriter and a corporate communications person. I did a lot of PowerPoint decks. I did a lot of writing, but not necessarily the kind of writing that feeds your soul. And so about 15 years into that career, with the help of my very loving and patient and employed wife, she said, why don't you go ahead and let's try the adventure, roll the dice and see if you can write a book. And then with the help of that book, get an academic job. And that's exactly what happened. So in 1998, I quit. And then around 2004, I published my first book, The Cloudless, which is set in Alaska. And then in the next year, I was uh, taken on at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee's English department in the PhD in creative writing program. And I kind of never looked back. So it's been a really wonderful adventure for me to live in Wisconsin. None, no one from my family, we kind of feel a little bit out of place like expatriates because I grew up in Los Angeles. My wife was a Navy brat. She grew up all over the world. But we've really put down roots in Wisconsin. Our three daughters love it here. Uh, and it's just a wonderful place to be a writer. I always say that Wisconsin is the center of the literary universe when it comes to the 20th and 21st century because it's where the QWERTY keyboard was invented. There would be no there would be no uh, world literature without Milwaukee. That's my claim, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's a good claim to me. Yeah, and that's a, a big change kind of coming from, I mean, L.A. to Wisconsin is quite the difference. It was, but I think one of the, one of the things we discovered, and I think I'm looking forward to discovering this in Door County, too, is a sense of community that prevails. I mean, there's nice people in Los Angeles, no doubt, and there's also wonderful communities out there. But there's something about the way Wisconsin lives and celebrates community that I find very powerful. And it's been a really productive and fruitful place for me to be a writer and also an artist and then to meet other writers and artists around town and around the state who are always kind of working to help each other out, which I really, really appreciate. So we're going to touch a little bit on some writing stuff, a little bit about the new book. During this event, there'll be a reading, kind of going more in depth with some of this. So we're just going to kind of give you a little taste of what you might experience during the event. But can you give us a little um, rundown about When in Rome and what it's about? Sure. When in Rome is my fifth book and my fourth novel. And it takes place, you guessed it, in Rome. 
and it's about a American woman. She's in midlife. She's in her fifties. She's a realtor. Her name is Claire, and she is a commercial realtor. And her specialty is old religious properties, old churches and convents. She's kind of sick of the job, and she's getting ready to quit. But then this group of nuns over in Rome asks her for one last favor to help sell off their old crumbling palazzo of a convent. And so she goes over, and to her surprise, she falls in love with the building. She falls in love with Rome, and then most intriguingly, she falls in love with the life of a nun. And she decides just maybe she may want to discern and become a nun herself, which takes everyone by surprise, not least her old college flame who shows up on the eve of her taking vows and asks her to make a different decision. So it's kind of a triangle between will she join the convent or will she take up with the man that she had a chance with 30 years ago, but then they drifted apart. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a big life change moment for the main character. A big life change. And so, Mm -hmm. and I think it speaks to everyone, whether, not that everyone listening to this podcast has contemplated becoming a nun or a monk, but I think it responds to anyone who's ever had a, like an idea, like, do I need to switch up my life, not just a little bit, but a lot? And I think that appeals to me because that's something I did in my own life 20 odd years ago, where I said, maybe I'm not going to be a corporate speechwriter anymore. Maybe I'm going to take a risk on this book. It worked out, but it could easily have not. And I have no magic recipe for how to do it. I just know that a lot of us, particularly after the pandemic, are kind of looking for ways to kind of like maybe do something different than we did before and really kind of reexamine what's important to us. I Going around the country talking about this book, I've really found that a lot of people, there's a spiritual side to what they're after, and not necessarily even organized religion or not even, maybe it's not even about a divine being. It's just a sense of themselves and something inner that's speaking to them. And maybe it's a sense of quiet or if it's a sense of escape or connection. There's something that I think left people restless when they had all that time on their hands this book kind of explores what that means. A big aspect of this, and you kind of touched on this a little earlier when you were talking about traveling, this book and a lot of your other ones as well, the one right before this was Paris by the Book, they all cover topics that require a lot of research, kind of a lot of history, and really developing um, a sense of place for readers. So how do you go about creating that very realistic atmosphere and research that kind of goes into all of this? Well, I think my books do start with place. I think writers start in different places on the page or kind of in the process. But for me, I really like to know the setting first because the setting kind of uncovers the story and the characters in that story for me. So when it comes to developing these places, I usually approach them as an outsider because I've never lived full-time in Paris. I've never lived full-time in Rome. Mm -hmm. But I have spent a good deal of time in each place. And so I make multiple visits, uh, usually with my family in tow, so they can kind of be my additional researchers. And then I've definitely uh, hired some folks to help me out. For example, on the Rome book, there are a number of places where I need to have a good meal. Either characters were going out to dinner or they were treating each other to a lovely lunch in the garden. And I didn't want to just say like, oh, and they had tomato sandwiches. I Mm -hmm. wanted to really know what it was about. So I had an Italian food consultant help me with those materials. And then I also had a tour guide who took me on a physical tour of Rome and then later on a virtual tour of Rome. And then most importantly for this last book, When in Rome, I spoke to a number of nuns, both American and otherwise, uh, cloistered and otherwise, who really told me about the life, what's involved, what the steps are, what to kind of watch out for, what the considerations are that people are should take. And so I think by doing that, that was what really allowed me to kind of discover what my story was about. So it's a very collaborative process. It's almost for me like making a film. I know some writers 
like to just kind of lock the door and be alone in the room. But I'm I'm a writer who likes to convene some experts who can really kind of help me make sure I get the book in the best shape possible. Yeah. And because you, you know, do put all of that kind of into your process, how long does it how long did it take you to write one in Rome? You know, it depends on what process we talk about. Like I think it probably took me four or five years all told to write it, but a lot of that was just kind of studying, visiting, writing, thinking about it. The last push for writing it, writing it maybe took 18 months, but it's hard to measure. Like I can either say the book, both the Paris book and the Rome book took a long time and then a very short time. Uh, and the last, the last lap, if you will, a lot of work gets done, but it's not work that I could have done if I hadn't done all the prep work in advance. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like running a race. You need to run all the practice marathons beforehand. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Of all the things that you had learned and discovered about Rome during your time there, what is something that was kind of surprising or you found interesting? You know, it's a little thing, but I love it so much. Rome is a city of fountains. Uh, so there's about 6,000 fountains that run throughout the city. And they're one-way fountains. They come, the water comes from lakes and mountains upstream from the city, and then it just flows through. And so in a number of places, in addition to those big fancy fountains that we can all picture in our heads, there's a number of just spigots that stick out of walls in other places in Rome. They're called nesone, or noses. And they just look like a normal spigot, except you can't turn it off which throws a lot of force, but they're supposed to keep anything like that. That's how the water system and the sewer system works there. But the water's perfectly clean to drink. But the trick is, if you want to drink from it, rather than cupping your hands beneath the spigot the way we would do in America, if you put your cup your hand and stop the spigot so that the water stops, suddenly a little jet of water shoots up out of a previously hidden hole and you have an instant drinking, drinking fountain, or as we would say, bubbler. Um, so I love the idea that you can have a bubbler on every block in Rome, and but nobody seems to know this except for real Romans. But when in Rome, there's the Roman Sioux and drink from the Nessoni. Sounds very nice. So I wanted to touch on a little bit about kind of your work as a professor and teaching, as well as your um, previous career, and how those two, or if those two, kind of inform the way that you approach writing at all. I think that gave me both of those careers in the corporate world and in the education world gave me a great deal of humility. Definitely in both environments, when you're working in a big group like that, and I think that's the commonality between corporate life and student life, it's just never just you on a project. If I'm working with students, there's a lot of other students involved. When I was working in a corporation, there's a lot of people involved on that team. And I think I discovered early on, I may have some good ideas, but I don't always have the best idea. And the most important thing is to listen, to start by listening. So I start all my writing projects by listening, listening to ideas, listening to people tell their own stories. And then I try and convey that, particularly now, into the classroom. I'm very eager to not be the kind of teacher who tells a student, you should write this. I, I never say that. Mm-hmm. I always try and figure out what they want to write, and then I try and help them write the best story they can. But I think that it starts with that, and it's kind of a collaborative process, and it's realizing 
that I may not have all the best answers, but together we can we usually work out some pretty good answers. Yeah. You know, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but just a little more in depth on it. You know, you had talked about your main character for this is considering joining these nuns and faith is a strong theme throughout. And, you know, that can be kind of, you know, interpreted by anybody despite, you know, any religious or faith differences. But is there any considerations that you might have when you're going in to write something like that, that feels very, you know, personal and powerful that can be, you know, accepted or... Yeah, no, I try and be a good listener and just, it's definitely, while she does wrestle with issues to face in the book, and for her, they're Catholic issues because of the nature of the convent, but I don't think you need to be a faithful person so much as you just need to be a person eager to read a book set in a beautiful city about a beautiful place. And maybe also be kind of interested in what it's like to kind of change over things in midlife. And I think faith is an interesting place to explore because, you know, it's like faith is like in the, is believing in something you can't necessarily see. And that to me defines like the great leap that people take at different times in their lives. So whether or not it's a divine faith or just a faith in someone else, I think it's a really interesting topic to explore. And I'm, I'm just kind of endlessly fascinated about it. All my books uh, touch on things. What is something that you hope readers take away from reading When in Rome? I hope they take away that, that still there's still time to have adventures after you're 50, that you don't have to just be a teenager with a backpack or 20-something with a backpack to explore Europe. There's plenty of stories and adventures to be had. And then if you can't get to Rome this summer with airfare, you can definitely get there for the price of a book. And I'd love to sell you one when I come up to Door County. Nice. So we're just going to share the info again so that you can come meet Liam in person and hear more about his book, about his writing, about everything. It's June 8th at the Crest Pavilion in Egg Harbor. Friends of the Door County Library and Right On are sponsoring this event. And there will be time for Q&As. I'm really looking, I was going to say, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, open time I've touched down in different places where the book is set. So I hope the audience finds that fun. All right. Well, we will wrap this up here then so that we can leave a little bit to discover during your talk. So hopefully everyone can make it out. And thank you for joining me today and spending some of your New York time with us chatting. My pleasure. I can't wait to get back to Wisconsin. Excellent. All right. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.